Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You're listening to a brand new message. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. Feels good to be in the house of the Lord, just to worship Jesus. And uh, I'm just excited to share today um, what I believe that God wants to uh, share with all of us as a church. So I'm going to read from Romans chapter 12. And uh, this is kind of... Uh, if you've been in church for a while, you've probably heard this verse before. I'm going to take it, I think, in a direction that uh, most of us haven't gone before. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Paul's spitting bars here. Do not conform, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes, Audrey, you're wearing that t-shirt. Kingdom Church swag. Shout out Chantel. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want to call this message this morning, Think Big. Think Big. Come on, somebody. Let's clap our hands one more time for Jesus. You guys can take a seat. So glad that you guys could be here today. Uh, Hey, if you're new or if you're visiting, uh, my name is Harrison, and uh, just honored you could be here today. Uh, It's it's a super special day, and just for everyone watching online, love you. So glad you could be here. Everyone that's listening, love you. So glad that you could be here. Um, I'm going to kind of, as we begin this morning, I'm going to kind of peel back. Uh, the curtain a little bit in terms uh, of how uh, my sermon writing process goes. Can I share that with you guys? It, uh, it generally goes one of two ways. Uh, number one, there's times where I just feel like the Lord kind of just like deposits something in my spirit. Um, maybe it's a word, maybe it's a Bible verse, and uh, just, just something that's clear from God. And when, when that happens, it's kind of just my job to, to just make it all come together and bring it up here. And uh, I really like those times. Uh, other times, uh, I just kind of like don't really know where I'm going, and uh, I just have to bring it to God in prayer, and I really just have to like um, just grind. That's the best word, right? Like I'm just grinding. Like, okay, God, like what's up? Like I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I'm not sure where I'm supposed to go. Uh, like we just finished a series called Counterfeit Gods. Any of you guys here for that series? Uh, I'd say like three or four out of the five messages, like I was just grinding, like, I didn't, I didn't know what God was trying to get me to say, and uh, literally for, for a bunch of those messages, I significantly rewrote them the day before I preached them. And uh, those times are not my favorite times. I like the times when God deposits something in my spirit. Now, I don't believe that whether it's the grind or, or whatever, that those messages are better or worse than the others. I'm just telling you how the process goes. I think that God uses both, and I don't think that one is more powerful than the other. I'm just letting you know I like it more when God really deposits something inside of me. And so today, guess what? God has deposited something inside of me, and uh, I just, um, I'm just excited to share it. So if you guys were here last week, you'll know that um, I said that I had something really special that I wanted to announce, a special announcement uh, for what God is doing uh, to and through and in our church. Uh, For those of you guys that don't know, uh, we have been kind of in the process of looking for um, a church place or a church home that we could call our own. 
And if, if you don't know this, this space here, this is Victory Life Church. Uh, we love them. They're very gracious people and uh, just so thankful that we've been able to be here. Uh, but this is, is their home that we rent. And so we have been looking for a, a place of our own for a little while now. And uh, I just want to share uh, something exciting with you. Can I share that with you guys? All right, let's watch a, a video real quick. So about a year and a half ago, uh, we just felt that God was pushing us uh, to find a space of our own. And so we've been on a journey for the last little while. And uh, February 18th, 2021, I sent uh, this picture to Andrell. It's a picture of a building uh, in the Campbell Industrial Park. And I just sent him this picture and asked him uh, to look into this place. And so that was literally a year ago and we called to see if this space was available. And what we found out was that the whole bay was all completely occupied. And so from there we went on a journey uh, trying to find a church space. Uh, it was then in October, 2021, that we found out the space uh, became available again. And so today is February 1st, 2022. And uh, just want to let you guys know that we have the keys to that spot. This is the future home of Kingdom Church. Come on, somebody. As a great man once said, come on, somebody. Uh, so, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, just, man, super excited uh, for that new space. And uh, where I want to go today is I just want to kind of vision and envision and let us know where we're going as a church and where I believe that God has taken us. Um, now, I, uh, I shared uh, this kind of uh, vision, at least, and, and this announcement with our team uh, last week at team night. And... Uh, just so you guys know, we have an amazing team here at Kingdom Church. And uh, listen, if you're uh, not a part of our team, what are you waiting for? Uh, you can, today, uh, today after service, Growth Track is week two. We encourage you, uh, go through Growth Track, join our team, uh, and uh, you get all this special information first. And, and now for those of you guys on our team that were not at team night, that could have been at team night, the Lord rebuke you. Um, but it's okay because we're going to share some special stuff today. Um, and even more than that, uh, the reason I'm even talking about team night uh, is that I just I shared a vision for this church and for this space that I believe that God wants to do. And uh, I just felt like um, that God has something different than even what I shared um, just a week ago. And I'll let you guys kind of know, uh, and I'll, I'll dig this story out more in full in a moment, but uh, I was driving last Friday night, and as I was driving in my car, one thing you need to know about my car is that uh, it's usually a pretty holy place for me, uh, unless I'm listening to TSN 1260, then it's, it's not as holy. But um, 
in my car, a lot of times I'll, I'll just listen to worship music and I just feel like many times God speaks and I was driving last Friday and I just felt like God deposited something in my spirit as I was saying before. And as, as he was depositing in this, this was the day after team night and all the stuff that God was sharing with me, I didn't share at team night. And so I was kind of like, God, like you want me to share this like at church? Like I got a message planned. Um, and it was like, no, not last week, but this week. And so this is the week I'm going to share um, even more about what I believe that God is doing. And so I want to share a fresh vision with us as a church. And uh, I just want to share all that God is doing. And I think we're going to have a new perspective on a couple of things, not just what we're doing with this church building, but I really want us to have a new perspective on how we look at our lives, because I think that's really what's most important. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to study Romans chapter 12, the first two verses. Um, Again, we read it off the top, but we're going to read it again. And as we kind of study these verses... Uh, as we go through it, you're going to be like, where's the vision? What does this have to do with the church? Uh, but just stay with me. Can you guys stay with me? Okay. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, if you have a highlighter, if you've got a physical Bible, uh, highlight in view, underline in view. Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Paul says, and Paul's the one who wrote this. Romans is a book found in the New Testament. Um, New Testament really just means after the time of Jesus, if you're new to the Bible. And uh, Paul is writing this letter to a church. And he says, in view of God's mercy. And then he tells them what to do. Now, what you need to understand is that What is the view of God's mercy he's talking about? Well, really, if if you read the book of Romans, Romans chapter 1 to 11, we're picking it up in chapter 12, Romans chapter 1 to 11, Paul is really breaking down and expanding what God's mercy is all about. Now, I'm going to do my very best to cover in like five minutes what Paul takes 11 chapters to fully break down. But if you enjoyed this message today, go read Romans chapter 1 to 11 when you get home and read about the greatness and the goodness of the mercy of God because what he says, he says, in view, in other words, all that I've told you in 11 chapters, in view of that, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So what is God's mercy? Now, what you need to understand is the simplest definition of mercy is this. Mercy is that which is withheld. In other words, you deserve something, but it has been held back. And so the mercy of God is simply this, and it's simply this, but really our foundation as followers of Jesus banks on our understanding of the mercy of God and exactly what it means. What we need to understand about God is simply this. God is holy. The Bible, when it describes the holiness of God, many times there's, there's like a vision in Revelation um, about when they get a glimpse of God in heaven uh, on the throne, and um, it uses the word holy, but like one holy wasn't enough, and so it actually says holy, 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 because there actually is not even a category for the holiness of God, for, for, the, for, the, for the goodness of God, for the magnitude of God. Holy means to be set apart, without blemish, consecrated. God is all of these things. Now, you and I, we can be holy, but we can't be holy, holy, holy. And our holiness only comes actually as a result of whatever God allows to give us in our view and understanding of who God is. But his holiness is on a whole different level, a whole different plane than anything or any human could ever be. Now, what we need to understand is that God is holy 
At times, we try to be holy, but as best and as much as we can ever try or strive, God is holy, you and I are not. We're just not. Like, we try at times. You guys have been there, right? Like, I'm going to really try this week. I'm going to try this month, but then someone cuts me off, and I've got to just curse them. Uh, Someone gossips about me, and I just want to just absolutely rip that person apart. Like, I want to be holy. I want to be set apart, but I'm just not. Yet God is. And what you need to understand about a holy God is that things that are unholy cannot actually come in the presence of a holy God. And if you read the Old Testament and you go through it, there's a whole lot of things about that which is holy and that which is unholy. And if you read it, you're like, man, this is kind of overkill. Like, why is it telling me all of this stuff about the things that are unholy? Because the Old Testament really is this giant object lesson that most of the things in this world are not holy, yet God is. And so we have an issue, we have a problem. If God is holy, but we are not, is there any hope? And the answer is, in and of ourselves, there is no hope. Because I cannot by myself ever get to the level that God needs in order for me to come in his presence. And so what this means is that faced with reality, when God looks at you and I, what he should do is he should light us up like a Christmas tree. And say, I've had enough of these unholy people. I've had enough of these gossipers. I've had enough of these slanderers. I've had enough of these people that are so angry, so broken, so stupid. But instead of sending judgment, God sends Jesus. Come on, somebody. Instead of judgment, God sends Jesus. And what Jesus does is that Jesus is God in the flesh. And so Jesus literally stands in between you, which is unholy, and God, which is holy. And and literally everything that you deserve, if you've never understood the cross, the cross is simply this. Everything that you've ever deserved, everything that you will ever do that is unholy, that is unrighteous, it all went on Jesus. And the reason it went on Jesus is because the punishment that you deserve, he took it. And on the cross, the Bible says, by his stripes, we are healed. And when we accept Jesus, that which is unholy now becomes holy. Not because of anything that we have done, but because Jesus has bridged the gap for us. And so when I realize my sinfulness, I can actually see the goodness of God. This is so important. I actually need to understand my true condition. Because if I do not understand my true humanity, I'll never understand the goodness of God. You see, there are two things that will hold you back, I believe today, from experiencing the goodness of God. Number one is the culture that we live in. And the culture that we live in says, I'm a pretty good person. Like, didn't you see what I did last week? Like, I'm, like, and the reason that we live in a culture that wants to call everyone else out is because the more I call other people out, the better I can make myself appear. Well, if I just post about that thing that I'm against, everyone's going to think I'm a pretty good person. I don't have to do anything, but people think I'm pretty good. And in fact, because of social media, I see some idiots, and I am better than them. I think I'm a pretty good person. And what happens is this. The better you think you are, the harder it is to understand the grace of Jesus. Because the grace of Jesus is literally amazing grace, how sweet it is, that saved a wretch like me. If 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 I lose that wretch... If I don't understand, I'm wretched. I don't understand the goodness of Jesus. So the first thing is kind of that cultural thing. The second thing is religion and religiosity. And I speak about this a lot because I think it's so damning. Because what religion does, it says, there are things that I can do to actually be approved by God. 
In other words, I can do things on this earth that if I do it and someone else doesn't do it, God thinks of me higher. God will actually see me as a better person than them. But the truth is, and Paul says it somewhere else, he says, all your righteousness, the best you could ever do, it's actually just filthy rags. Because it's not about what I do, it's about what Jesus has done. And so it is only when I understand my sinfulness, my brokenness, my wickedness, that I understand the goodness of God. Because the Bible says that while we were still sinners, in the midst of all of that, Jesus died for us. So as a Christian, I must live in this dichotomy. And if I lose this dichotomy, I lose the gospel. But it is simply this. I am more wicked than I'll ever know, yet I'm more loved and accepted in Christ than I could ever imagine. And that is what the mercy of God is all about. It is this idea that Jesus loves me. God loves me actually in spite of me. And he loved us so much that he had to do something. Us being unholy wasn't an option. I'm going to do something about it. Why? Because he loves us. Paul says it early in Romans chapter 8. He says, I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any power, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything in all of creation, nothing, someone shout nothing, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Why does God do all of this? Simple, he loves you. Full stop. I want you to think for a moment about the thing or the person or the something that you love more than anything else. Like, for me, like, I I love my family, right? I love my wife, and I I have three young children, twin girls. My baby Judah just walked in. Better not, he's carried. He's not walking. (laughs) You're like, what kind of a baby is this? (laughs) But, like, like the love that I have for for my family, like, in, in my mind, it feels pretty deep. And it feels like I couldn't fathom a love greater than that. Yet what I want you to understand is the love that Jesus has for us actually is incomparable to any human love. Meaning the thing that I love the most, Jesus loves me more. God loves me more. That is why he did what he did. That is why he had mercy on us. And so, again, I'm just doing my very best to to break down Romans 1 to 11. But Paul says, in view of the mercy of God, When you understand that, when you understand the depth of love that he has for us, when you understand the sacrifice, he says, therefore I urge you to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Paul says in view, once you put it in view, once you understand the mercy of God, he says, then offer your life as a living sacrifice. Now, this word is really, it's an oxymoron, living sacrifice. Because a sacrifice connotates, in in their language especially, killing something, it being dead and giving it over. That's what a sacrifice was. And so when Paul has a living sacrifice, he's painting this picture. It's literally this picture where I actually give everything to Jesus in the same way that you would literally die. He says, give everything to him, but you're going to be alive. Now, if you just look at that in a nutshell... If you're just like, hey, listen, you need to give your life to Jesus. It's a living sacrifice. Kind of sounds like a lot. Like, that's a big ask. But Paul doesn't ask it like that. Paul doesn't say just give your life to Jesus. He says, in view of God's mercy. 
When you understand God's mercy, when you understand what he's done for you, give your life as a living sacrifice. Give all that you have, not part, but whole. Why? Because in view of God's mercy. You see, here's where I want to go today. When we understand God's mercy, when we understand the cross, when we understand the beauty of Jesus, when we understand the magnitude and the depths of mercy, if God could do that, what can't he do? This is, this is really my sermon. Compared to mercy, what, God, what can't God do? If God was able to bridge the gap, if, if God was able to do the impossible, make that which is unholy holy, what can't God do? I need someone to get this. Because what I'm trying to say for each and every one of us in this life, compared to mercy, whatever you're hoping, whatever you're dreaming, whatever you're wishing that God would do, could do, it's actually nothing compared to what he's already done. Compared to mercy, offer your life as a living sacrifice. This is true and proper worship. What he's saying, he's saying we need to think a little bit bigger. Because if God could do that, what can't he do? I love um, Luke, Luke chapter 10, uh, this is Jesus. Um, he's sending out 72 of his followers. And uh, this is what he says to them, Luke chapter 10. He says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. However, he says, do not rejoice that spirits submit to you. In other words, don't get happy that you can cast out demons. He says, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now, what he's saying here to me, it seems pretty big. He's like, you're going to trample on snakes and scorpions. You're not going to get hurt. You're going to have power to cast out demons. He's like, but none of that stuff is really that big. It's actually kind of small to the greatest miracle of all, which is that your name is registered in heaven. Did you guys know we sing this song? Anyone recognize it? Come on. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. Come on. My praise belongs to you forever. Let's go. That's, it's Luke chapter 10. This is my testimony that I have been raised from death to life. And if God could take a sinner like me, everything is small compared to that. We need to start thinking a little bit bigger because when we survey our lives, what we want to do, where God takes us and what God wants to take us, how many of us are thinking smaller than the vision that God has for us? And what you need to understand is God says, casting out demons is small compared to the greatest miracle that I've already done which is that your names are written in heaven, that he's bridged the gap. Compared to mercy, what, God can't, what can't God do? Come on, compared to mercy, what can't God do? If God could take someone like you, take someone like me, that which is unholy, make them holy, what can't he do? You see, if you've been part of our church family for a while, you know we have a vision for this year, and our vision is simply build. We believe that God is calling us to build. Unironically, we're trying to build right now a church building. But what we did for two months is we just kind of laid the foundation, making sure that we understand that the foundation and the roots that we're trying to build on is Jesus. And if Jesus is our foundation, everything else will fall into place. But I kind of want to take us a step further because I hope, you know, that we know that Jesus is our foundation. But when he is our foundation, we then need to begin to ask ourselves the question, what does he want to do next? Because there's always a next. 
The Bible says that God wants to take us from glory to glory, from victory to victory, strength to strength. There's always a next. There's always somewhere else he wants to take us. You see, the reason I'm preaching this message um, is because I just felt in my personal life that God was calling me to think a little bit bigger. Now, a lot of times when we, when we think of, you know, the word big, we think the opposite is small. So it's like, oh, you're thinking too small. Uh, but what I've realized, and, and maybe you guys can, can relate, is that I think oftentimes I don't think too small. I think many times I think too realistic. Anyone like that? I don't, I don't necessarily think small. I just think realistic. In other words, what can I do in my own power? How far can I take it? Where can we go? Where can I take this church? And that's not thinking small. That's thinking realistic. Realistically, I'm one person. What, what can I do? Some of us, I'm just one person in my friend group. What can I do? Just, I'm just, we're just a couple. What, what can we do? And so oftentimes what we do is that we do not compare what God wants to do to the mercy of God, but we compare it to the, to the ceiling that we put on ourselves, that we think that we can do. And I just felt like God has said to me that we need to start thinking bigger because grace is bigger and more vast and more deep than you could ever imagine. And if God did that, if mercy is that big, what can't he do? Too many of us have the wrong perspective. And so we actually limit not what God wants to do, but what we believe that we can do. And we cap ourselves. You see, where, where I'm going with this, because again, I told you I'm talking about our church building and where we're going. Um, I think two nights ago, or two weeks ago, I should say, when we had our team night, I think I shared a vision. Um, but I think I shared a very realistic vision of a place where I think that we can go and what could happen. Um, but I just felt that God said, I got something more for you and for the church and where he wants us to go. And so um, I'll, I'll tell you guys kind of the whole story. Can I tell you the whole story? Yeah. So you guys understand the backdrop, Romans 12, compared to mercy, what God can't do, what can't God do? I was driving in my car, as I said, and I was listening to a song, just a worship song. And again, that's kind of where my mind starts going. And I just feel God starts speaking. And this was um, last Friday night, as I said. And as I'm listening to this song, and the story can be confusing, so follow along. This was last Friday night. Um, the Lord transported my mind to December, um, I believe, early December 2020. So about a year and like 14 months earlier, um, which again, I was driving in my car. Everyone following? Yeah. Just want to make sure no one's confused. So I began to remember, and the Lord reminded me of something that happened 14 months ago. Now, what you need to understand is that I had completely forgot about this story until I was driving last week. So 14 months ago, and like, again, the reason I think it was early December 2020 uh, is because I was buying Christmas presents. And what you need to know about me is I never buy presents early. <laughs> so it definitely wasn't November. I'm pretty sure it was December uh, 2020. For reference, it's February 2022 right now. So um, I was driving in my car, and this was kind of the genesis of when um, I felt like God was calling us to find a space of our own. And we hadn't really told anyone at that time, just something I'd felt in my spirit, something I was praying for. And I had been praying a prayer at that time, and my prayer was simply this. I said, God, we got a pretty good setup here. Uh, if we're going to move. You're going to have to find a place for us. I'm going to do no work. You're going to put it in my lap. Uh, looking back, kind of a selfish slash stupid prayer. 
Nevertheless, I was praying it. And so I was driving in my car and just, again, listening to worship music. And I just felt like the Lord speak to me. And I was driving, uh, just for reference, kind of like, you guys know the road by like CAC Arena, Leon's, the one that goes from North Edmonton back into Edmonton, or back into St. Albert. So I was kind of on that back road, just about the Lord speak to me. I saw this sign for a church. And when I saw the sign, I just felt God say like, hey, go to that place and go look at that sign. Go, go follow that to the church. And again, in my mind, I'm thinking of like, okay, like God has something for me, like let's go, like maybe there's something uh, there, like that's our future church, I don't know what it is. Um, And then in that moment, I start driving there, and Christy calls me, my wife, um, and she's like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I think, I was like, I think I'm following the Holy Spirit. Uh, If not, be home soon. (laughs) So, um, I begin to drive, and I drive to this, this church in the Campbell Industrial Region that I've never heard of before. Um, and again, my mindset is like, okay, like, maybe there's an abandoned church there that, like, is ours, something big, whatever. I get there, and I drive up to this spot, and there's a church there, and uh, th- this church is in an industrial bay. And when I get there, the bay is it's kind of small, maybe like 1,500 square feet or so. Um, and by all accounts, it looks occupied. And so I, I pulled up to it. And can we like show the picture? This is the bay that I rolled up to. Um, this isn't that time. This is this week. I took the picture. <laughs> and so I rolled up there. I saw it. And again, by all accounts, it was occupied. And so I was like, okay, like, I don't need an occupied building. Um, and the other thing was it, was it was too small for our church. right? We, just, we wouldn't fit there. And so when I went there, um, again, I just kind of looked around everything. And I was like, you know what? I guess this wasn't God. Um, I guess that was a word for me. Uh, just really important to distinguish every word that someone gets is not always from God. Sometimes it's just you. And so I just thought, okay, this is me. Um, I went home and uh, I told Chris, she's like, what happened? And I was like, nothing. Just think it was me. There was no potential there, whatever. And as I said, I forgot about that story for 14 months uh, until I was driving last Friday and the Lord brought it back to my spirit. You see, 14 months ago, uh, where my mind was at, I was only able to see that which I thought was realistic. But we don't serve the God of realistic. We serve the God that says, compared to mercy and grace, what can't I do? And so what's interesting is that this building right here, and I surveyed the whole thing, what I couldn't see 14 months ago, I only realized a couple days ago, is that, can we show the next picture? If you can't see it, that's, a, that's our church building behind it, where we are. And again, I, I never even remembered the story until last week. And as I was driving, I just felt God say, um, I took you to your church, but your vision was too small to see it. Because all I could see at that time was was right in front of me. And I, I saw that bay, like I saw it 14 months ago, but in that moment, it seemed too big, too grand, like more than we could do, more than than made sense. And so I was limited by my perspective because I was being realistic. But what's crazy and what God just revealed to me is like, I showed you the church 14 months ago. I showed you the place that would once be yours, but you just, you couldn't see it. 
You see, at the time, it was bigger than what I thought possible. But I forgot that we serve the God of the impossible. Now, where I want to take this, because Paul continues in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He says, do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, I need to constantly renew my mind in order to understand who Jesus is, in order to understand his magnitude. Because if my mind is not renewed, I'm always going to think realistic. You see, the song I was listening to, can I tell you the song like this last week that God spoke? It's a song by Hillsong called New Wine. Um, and there's just a line in the song. It just says, I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus, make new wine out of me. And I was listening to that song, and the story about the church was kind of the second place God took me. The first place God took me was my own life. Because I think that if, if you don't know this, um, the Lord has blessed me abundantly and immeasurably more than I could ever think, dream, or imagine. But when God called me into ministry, um, I had nothing. Like some people, like when God calls them, they have like a rich history of ministry. Like my dad was a pastor, my grandpa was a pastor, I've been preaching since I was 12. Like I had nothing. Just, just a calling from God. And I specifically remember, and it's funny, Christy asked me last night, even we were talking, she's like, did you ever think that you'd preach every week? Um, and what's funny that I remember it is that when God called me into ministry, I said, yeah, God, I'll, I'll go into ministry, but like, I, well, I'm not going to preach. Like, I don't know how to preach. I've never done it before. And so what I just realized is even back then, God's vision for my life is bigger than what I could see. Because I always think realistic, but God thinks big. Because compared to mercy, it's actually small. And I was just thinking about our lives. How many of us have capped ourselves for what God wants to do because we're thinking realistic? And we think, God, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. But God says, compared to mercy, what can't I do? I think today there's many of us that are trapped in our own prison of what we think is realistic. You see, what we do too many times is we only see what is up close, what is right in front of us. But the vision that God has for us many times, like the church building, is in the peripheral. It's bigger and it's grander and it's better than where my mind wants to go. And so what I was thinking, um, you know, when, when I shared with our, with our church uh, team about the church uh, building a couple weeks ago, was like, man, just when, when God shared that with me, I was like, how do I need to think bigger? Because I've been thinking realistic, but like, what does bigger look like, God? You see, <laughs> one of the reasons I think that I think realistic is because realistic is safe. It's safe, right? If, if, you, if, you, if you aim and shoot as low as you can possibly get, you won't be disappointed. There's one thing you need to know about me, uh, specifically when it comes to like financial stuff. Um, is like, I want to ball out on a budget. <laughs> like, I want to get everything done for like as, as cheap as we possibly can because um, that's the safest, right? And um, what I just realized, and it's taken three years and it'll take more time, is that God doesn't want us to shoot low. He wants us to aim high. And he doesn't want to just get the job done. He wants to go above and beyond. And uh, what we've seen in our church history is that God continues to go above and beyond. And so um, I shared some numbers uh, at team night, and I'll share some numbers with you guys uh, just on what God is doing and where God needs to go, uh, where we need to go uh, in order to get to where we want to be. So um, we took a year-end offering uh, in December 2021, a few months back. You guys remember this? Yeah. Year-end offering, building blocks. And uh, 
God just continually amazes uh, in what he does and what he's doing. Um, and with our Building Blocks offering, uh, literally, it's just, you know, it's, it's a one-day, kind of one-weekend offering. Um, in that offering, we raised $64,000. Come on, yeah, you, can clap, you can clap your hands. <laughs> with that and um, just crazy, it's just crazy, right, that we can come together as a church and do that. And it's not like there's a huge, large donation. It's just people coming together, right, and the power of a church community. And so uh, as we've ran the numbers, what I shared at team night is that um, our shortfall for what we need to raise in the next number of months in order to, you know, pay the whole thing down for the construction um, is about $64,000, which is like the number we've, half the number we raised, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, and I shared that, and when I shared that number, um, that number was like the bare minimum number to get everything that we need done to get done. And uh, I shared that number because it's a very realistic number, a very safe number. But again, what God wants to do always far exceeds what we think is realistic. And I just felt God, God speak into my spirit that he wants to do more. And it's not just about finances, but it's, it's literally about more right, like in terms of the ministry of this place. The reason we're going into this new church building is not to be in a building by itself. It is because we believe that this place can be a place that we can expand our ministry. We, we like literally, we're in the groundworks right now, but we believe one day Kingdom Church will have a robust youth ministry. And we're going to need a space. We're going to need a space for teens to come and experience Jesus, a place where teens can come and bring their friends, a place where God will do immeasurably and abundantly more than we could ever think, dream, or imagine. That's just one of the things I'm believing for this place. Our young adult ministry is popping off. It's going to continue to pop off, and they're going to need a place. Now, I don't know how it's going to go, but if you saw the bay, it's kind of a shell. And like um, the... The square footage of the place is actually technically smaller than this church. Um, but if you saw, like, the roof is, like, 40 feet tall, right? Which means, like, there's a whole bunch of potential uh, for what God's going to do and wants to do. And it's funny, um, our contractor, who's, uh, he's a Christian himself, one thing he's been saying um, is, like, hey, let's build a second floor. Let's do a second floor. Let's do a second floor. Um, and I'm like, we can't afford a second floor. We can't afford a second floor. We can't afford a second floor. <laughs> And it's funny, he's been saying the same thing over and over to me, um, and God speaks through people all the time. He just says, once you get started, he's like, you won't believe where money's going to come from. It's going to come from people and places that you never thought, <laughs> dreamed, or expected. And so um, I just think today, like, and I, I don't know what it's going to look like, and like, my mind wants to go realistic really quickly. <laughs> wants to go realistic really quickly. But we serve the God of more. And like, I don't have a specific number. I'm not bringing us a number. Um, but what I know is that we're going to raise more than $64,000. And we're going to build more space than we thought was imaginable. Because God is going to do more than we could ever fathom. And I just, I just, I just, I believe it. I believe it not in feeling. I believe it in faith. Let me show you something. He says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You'll be able to test and approve. You see, too often when it comes to faith, we are, we are testing it based on our feelings. In other words, if I feel like something is good, if I feel like something is realistic, then it must be true. 
But what I want to say is that faith is the worst barometer. I mean, feeling is the worst barometer for faith. It is the worst. Why? Because my feelings constantly and continually lie to me. Like some of you guys are dreamers. I'm a realist. Right? And so my, my feelings want to stay real. But God is saying, compared to mercy, what can't he do? And I just believe what I shared to our church um, team, God wants to expand. I think that when, when I think about that space, what God wants to do, I believe wholeheartedly it's going to be a space where other people rent it out, where other functions. I hope, I pray that like in the same way that Victory Church has blessed us, where we've been in their space, I hope one day we can bless other people and give them a space to do ministry because ministry is not just kingdom church. Ministry is the church and we're going to come together and there's going to be churches from all over St. Albert, I believe Edmonton, they're going to come into that space and we're going to do what God has called us to do, which is to think bigger and think greater than the way that we've been thinking. And I just, I'm just so excited for it and, and what the reason I'm just sharing this with us um, is number one, like I want you guys to know we do need to raise some money. But number two, in faith, I'm not worried about it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen in ways that we didn't expect it. And God might call us in ways to move that we didn't expect it. It's like, Harrison, two months ago, I thought this was stupid. But, like, God's calling me to do something right now. And it's just, it's, it's going to happen, right? Not because I feel it, but because compared to mercy, what can't God do? And I want you to understand in your life, if there's something that you believe in, and maybe you don't see it, maybe you can't feel it, but other people see it in you, but it's like, Harrison, like, all I see is what's right in front of me. Um, forget what's right in front of you, because what's right in front of you will make you feel something. But God's saying, let's move forward in faith, not feelings, to what is true. And what is true is that we serve the God of immeasurably, abundantly, more than we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. And I just believe um, that God has led us as a church for this moment. And uh, I'm excited to see where it's going to go. I'm excited for the next chapter. And uh, I love that we could do this together. Uh, for all of us that call Kingdom Church home, we're doing this together. And uh, if you don't call Kingdom Church home, what are you waiting for? Today's the day. This is the moment. Um, make this your home. And let's, let's literally, I told uh, our team, I'll say the same thing. I said what we're building uh, is, is going to be beautiful, uh, but it's not a cruise ship. It's a battleship. We're building a battleship. Because there's a city, there's a nation, there's a province that desperately needs Jesus. You have friends, you have family, you have coworkers, you have spouses that desperately need Jesus. And in faith, this is going to be the place where those people see Jesus. And it's not just going to be during a service. It'll be a Tuesday night where now your group meets because we have more space. It's going to be a Thursday night or Wednesday whenever Kim wants to do youth. Where someone that would never, ever step foot into a church, but the friend invited them to a thing, like they're gonna experience Jesus. Yeah. And so we're going to war. Like we're not gonna crush people or take them out, um, <laughs> but our enemy is the devil. Yes. And the devil does not want people to experience freedom. The devil wants you to think small. He wants you to see what is right in front of him, right in front of us. But the reason I showed that picture is because that picture is a metaphor for our lives. What you see right in front of you is nothing compared to what God wants to show you. And sometimes it's just bigger than you can ever think, dream, or imagine. Can we stand for a second, church? If you guys don't mind, I want to pray 
um, for us. I want to pray for this church building, and uh, I want us to come in agreement together. So I'm going to pray out loud, uh, but I would love if a couple of you guys just prayed with me. I'd love if all of you guys prayed with me. Um, and we're just going to come in agreement that God is going to do more um, in our lives, in this church. And so I'm going to pray, but I would love if as a church, um, we lifted up prayer together. So you can raise your hands, you can even raise your voices, or you can pray in your head, whatever you want to do. But I want us to come in agreement um, just with this word that we have today to say, God, you want to do more, you will do more. We're believing it. Um, so we're, we're just going to pray right now. And again, I would love for you to pray with me. Um, again, you can do silently whatever you want. But Jesus, we just come into agreement with you, God. And Lord, I just pray, um, and we just pray together, God, that you can just rid us of the thinking that only sees what is right in front of us, and you expand us to see what is in the distance, what is beyond, and what is more. And God, I just repent for the times that we think small, the times that we think realistic, and the times that we don't see the power that raised Jesus from the dead exists in us. So God, I pray for a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit on this place. I pray that you stir hearts. I pray that you stir minds. I pray that you stir lives. And God, I just pray as we move forward in this season as a church, into this building, into this calling, God, that your spirit goes before us, that your anointing goes before us, that you tear down walls, barriers, strongholds, and God, just for your favor to reign in this city. So Jesus, we just pray that, and I just pray that you hear our prayers as a church, as a people, Lord, and we just thank you for what you're doing, for your goodness, and for your grace. And God, we're just so excited for what you're going to do. Uh, we love you, Jesus. We pray in your name. In agreement, we say, amen. Amen. Come on, can we give Jesus praise? Hey, thank you so much for listening to that message. If you want more information about our church, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We would love to connect with you. If you want to be a part of what we're doing with this building project, if you want to give financially, make sure that you designate your offering, Building Blocks. We thank you so much for your generosity, and we can't wait to see what God does through you. Until next time, take care.